Tonight, for a few moments, I want to preach on uh, the book of Jonah, just for a few moments, the story of Jonah. I don't have a, I don't have a sermon title. I'm just going to preach from the book of Jonah. Is that all right? And give you some principles from the book of Jonah. How many has ever read the book of Jonah? Raise your hand. How many would like to read the book of Jonah? How many don't care about reading the book of Jonah? Well, let, if you don't care about reading the book of Jonah, let me just remind you about the book of Jonah, all right? The book of Jonah is a narrative of a story about how God can give you second chances. And that right there is shouting territory. The book of Jonah is a narrative, it's a story about how God can give you second chances. And that's encouraging. You know why that's encouraging? Because I really believe that, you know, and let me just rephrase it like this, I believe it's a story of another chance. Because some of us have already used up our second chances. I mean, some of us have already used our second chances, so really, the book of Jonah is a, is a narrative about another chance, how God can give you another chance. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm in need of another chance? How many would raise your, come on, how many would raise your hand and say, I'm in need of another chance? And how many is grateful for another chance? I mean, isn't that the grace of God that He would give us another chance? And you know what I love about God? This is what I love about God. God is the only person that I know that will, that will deliver you and help you out of a mess that you got yourself in, and then He won't hold it against you. That's what's amazing about God. He won't hold it against you. Even after you rebelled against Him and done your own thing and went against His counsel, went against His wisdom, and you got yourself in the mess, He will deliver you from the very mess He told you not to get into, and then He won't hold it against you. Well, that's some shouting territory right there. Can somebody say amen? I said the book of Jonah is about a narrative, a story about how God tells you to do something. You go the opposite direction. You disobey His voice. You get yourself in a mess. And then God delivers you and don't hold it against you and gives you another chance. I am thankful and grateful for the mercy of God. And so the book of Jonah is about this man named Jonah and God wanted him to do something. What was it? I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach. No, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. You know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? Because Nineveh was a wicked city. Nineveh was enemies of the Jews. They were very barbaric. They're very cruel. They wasn't a gracious people. They wasn't a meek people, a gentle people. They were a very cruel people, a very mean people, and Jonah knew that. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because he was afraid for his life. He was afraid that if I went to Nineveh to preach, I probably wouldn't make it out alive. You know, So he wasn't very excited about going to Nineveh at all because he knew the reputation that Nineveh had. So he rebelled against the word of the Lord. He rebelled against the counsel of the Lord. And guess what he did? Instead of going to Nineveh, the Bible says that Jonah went the opposite direction. He went the opposite direction and he got on a boat. He got on a boat and he went the opposite direction. How many knows that's bad news? He gets on the boat and as they're on the boat, guess what happens? Winds and waves begin to crash against the boat. Uh, there came a fierce storm on the boat, around the boat, and guess what happened? All of the men on the boat said this, something's wrong. Something's wrong somewhere. We've aggravated the gods. Something's wrong. Somebody did something. And guess what Jonah did? Jonah volunteered to be thrown off the boat. Now, I never realized that until I looked at the Bible and I thought, well, Jonah, that is not too smart of you, but Jonah really said to these men, just throw me off of the boat. 
I want you to see this. The Bible says in Jonah chapter number 1 and verse number 12. Now look at what Jonah says here. Verse number 12. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 12. I want you to see Jonah's words. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that we throw Jonah over the, uh, under the bus sometimes because, you know, he's rebellious and didn't obey the Lord. and he, he, You know, he didn't listen to the Lord and he went the opposite direction. I get that. But let's give the man a little bit of credit here. I mean, he did admit that he was wrong and he did say to him, just throw me off of the boat. How many would agree with Pastor Josh that takes a lot of courage to admit that you're wrong and then to be thrown off the boat? And it was his idea. He's telling, his, he's telling these people on the boat, listen, the reason that we're in a storm, the reason that we're in the storm is because of me. The weather is an act of God because I'm in rebellion. And you just need to throw me off the boat. And when you throw me off the boat, there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be peace. And so Jonah admitted that he was wrong. And the very first thing I want you to see in the story, because I think it's so very important, the very first thing that I want you to see in the story is that the redemptive, the redemptive work of God always starts in the life of a believer when he or she confesses that they've done wrong. That's the very first thing that I want you to see in the book of Jonah, that the redemptive work of God always starts in the heart of a man and a woman when they begin to confess that they've done wrong. I mean, Jonah did wrong, yes, he was rebellious, he ran from the Lord, but let's give him some credit here. He admitted that he was wrong, he had the courage to say to them, throw me off of the boat because I realized I did wrong. And the very first thing that you can see in this story that I think is very important is that the redemptive power work of God only starts in the heart of a believer when they admit that they've done wrong. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard for us to admit that we've done wrong because of our Adamic nature. But it's very important that we admit that we've done wrong when we've done wrong so that the redemptive work of God can begin as a process in our life. So that's the very first thing. He admitted he was wrong. And when he admitted he was wrong, that is when God began to work on his heart to bring him back to the place that God wanted him to be. When he admitted he was wrong, God started to work again. God started to pull him back again when he admit that he was wrong. And it's interesting to me, I want you to look at some key phrases here. I want you to look at this, verse number, um, Jonah chapter 2, verse number 1. It's not enough just to read the Bible, you've got to read the Bible and look at it. Jonah chapter 2, verse number 1, and I want all of us to read it together, the first verse of chapter 2, verse 1. Can we do that? On the count of three, I want you to shout this out with me because this is so very important. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, now isn't this interesting? Jonah is thrown, chapter number one, he's thrown. Jonah runs from God, gets on the boat, he admits he's done wrong. He says, hey, just throw me off the boat. I'm the guilty party. They throw him off the boat, right? And the Bible says a great fish swallows him. How do I know that? Verse 17, Jonah 1.17, he's thrown off of the boat and a great fish swallows him. The Lord prepared a great fish, all right, and swallowed Jonah, and Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now chapter 2, verse 1, the scripture I just had you to quote, guess what happens? Verse number 1 of chapter 2, then 
Jonah prayed. Now, just look at the little article there, then. Then, Jonah prayed. Go back to verse 17, Jonah 1:17. Who prepared the fish? The Lord prepared a great fish, swallowed Jonah. He's in the belly for three days and three nights. And then, the Bible says, verse 1 of chapter 2, then Jonah prayed. So the second thing I want you to see in this story is this, is that it gives me the indication of the article then tells me that Jonah probably wasn't praying before he was swallowed by the fish's mouth. And since he was swallowed by the fish's mouth, he was swallowed by the fish, he began to pray then. So it stands to reason that Jonah wasn't praying, so God had to put Jonah in a place where he would pray. Jonah wasn't praying, so God had to put Jonah in a place where he would pray. Can I tell you something? Some of the struggle that we get involved in in life, sometimes God allows the struggle to happen. God allows the situation to happen because maybe you're not praying. And so God will put you in a place where He will teach you to pray. Jonah wasn't praying. And the Bible says when he was put in the fish, when he's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, the Bible says, verse 1 of chapter 2, then he started praying. When did he start to pray? He started to pray when he was swallowed by the fish. He wasn't praying before then, but he started praying when he was swallowed by the fish. I don't know about you, but that will make anybody pray. And sometimes God will allow situations to happen so He can bring you to a place of prayer. Sometimes we think in church, boy, why do we struggle so much? Why do we struggle in this department? Why do we struggle in this department? Could it be that God's strategic divine plan in the church is to allow the church to struggle so that we will realize that it is not left up to us, that we don't cause the church growth, that we can't lean upon the arm of the flesh, that it is God and God alone that grows the church and He puts us in a place of struggle so that we can get the church together and we can lean upon the arm of God and realize that if it doesn't happen, it's not, come on somebody, it happens because of Him. He wants us to pray. He gets us in a position of prayer. Jonah wasn't praying, so he moved Jonah in a position to pray. Since Jonah wasn't praying, he put him in a position where he would pray. It's interesting to me, get this, Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Then the Lord prepared a great fish. Now I've brought this out a few years ago. And so as I was preparing for this sermon, I wanted to bring it out again because I had actually forgot about it, and I think, it's, I think it's applicable for what I'm saying tonight. Look at verse number 17. Then the Lord prepared a great fish. You know, the word fish in the Hebrew, it, Hebrew has, uh, the nouns in Hebrew could either be a masculine, could be, it could be feminine, it could be, uh, you know, it could be, uh, what's the other one, Lewis? Huh? It could be a common, yeah, common. It could be a... Uh, Neither masculine or feminine. Is that right? Neuter. That's what I'm trying to say. Neuter. Yes. It could be masculine, feminine, or neuter. And so a noun in Hebrew could be one of those three things. It's interesting to me in verse number 17, the word fish, the word fish is actually the word, a masculine Hebrew word, which is D-A-G-A in English. All right? If you translate it in English. 
Then if you go to Jonah chapter 2, verse number 1, the word fish, the same word for fish, is actually the Hebrew word which is feminine. D-A-G-A-H. It's interesting to me, get this, when Jonah was in the belly of the fish, verse 17, get this, verse 17 of chapter 1, Jonah is in the belly of the fish. The Hebrew word for fish is masculine. Then in chapter 2, Jonah begins to pray. Chapter 2, verse 1, Jonah begins to pray to the Lord. And the Hebrew word for the word fish in verse number 1 is feminine. So what is this telling me? I'm not trying to read into the text, but I do want to make a point. That could it be that when Jonah began to pray, it changed the position of the fish. It changed it from being masculine to feminine. It changed its position. So when you begin to pray, whatever you find yourself in, although it may be strong, masculine, in prayer it will become feminine and let go of you. It changed the position of the fish. It's interesting to me that the same fish went from masculine to feminine because he prayed. Prayer changes things. And we don't realize that, but when you pray, it really does change things. It really changes the atmosphere. It changes everything about us when we begin to pray. You may not see that, but it is happening right before your eyes. Get, get this, chapter 1, verse 17, the word for belly. The word for belly, chapter 1, verse 17, is masculine, which is translated stomach. Chapter 1, verse 17. Then the Lord had prepared a great fish. The word fish is masculine. To swallow Jonah, and he was in the belly. That is also the word masculine, which means stomach. But Jonah began to pray. Guess what? I'm about to shout here. He begins to pray in verse number 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish. It changed to feminine and then the word belly also changed in the Hebrew. It went from stomach, from verse 17, to verse number 1, to womb. Because when Jonah began to pray, the position of the fish began to change, and also the stomach began to change. What are you saying, Pastor Josh? I'm saying that the very thing that he was in that was supposed to destroy him was actually a place of nourishment. It was a womb for him. Because prayer changed his position. It changed him from a place of destruction and brought him into a place of preparation. It brought him into a place of nourishment because that's exactly what prayer does. Prayer changes things from destroying you to developing you. The very thing that you thought was going to destroy you, when you pray, it loses its hold off of you. It changes position. It moves from a stomach to a womb. It moves from being masculine to feminine. Even though you don't see it, prayer works miracles. Hallelujah! Can somebody say amen? The very thing that wants to destroy you is actually developing you. The stomach should have destroyed him. 
the digestive juices in the stomach should have destroyed Jonah. But when Jonah began to pray, the Hebrew word for stomach changed her womb and God protected Jonah in the stomach because he began to pray. I'm telling you, whatever the devil has thrown at you, when you begin to pray, it's not going to destroy you, but it's going to develop you and push you to the next level. Hallelujah! So the financial hardship, the financial situation you may be in, even though you think it's going to destroy you, you know what God's doing? He wants to develop you into a man of faith and a woman of faith. The sickness is racking your body. It's not to destroy you. He's developing you into a person of faith. The relationship that you're in, it is you're in the relationship to sanctify you, to make you better, to grow you. It's not to destroy you, but to develop you. That's what prayer does. It changes things. It moves things. It changes positions. Prayer. He prayed. Now, it's interesting to me. Now, for the sake of time, get this. Chapter 2, verse 1. Get this. He prayed. And then he said, verse 2, get this. And I'm going to go quickly. This is what he said, I cried. This is what Jonah is saying, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction. He answered me out of the belly of Shiloh, out of the belly of hell, I cried. He said, the Lord heard me, uh, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. Get this, this is what Jonah is saying. And all the floods surrounded me. What is he saying? I'm drowning. They threw me off of the boat. And guess what happened? He said, I'm in the sea. The floods are surrounding me. The billows and waves have passed over me. So what is Jonah saying? Jonah is saying, I am drowning. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters have surrounded even my soul. The deep has closed around me. The weeds are wrapped around my head. I went down to the the mountains, the earth, and its bars closed behind me forever. Yet I was brought up uh, from life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. And when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. And my prayer went up to His holy temple. What is he saying here? He is saying that they, get this, they, they threw me off the boat because I told them to, because I knew I was wrong. I'm drowning in the water. The water is around me. We, weeds is wrapping itself around me. I'm drowning in the water. And then Jonah begins to do something that I thought was interesting. The Bible says, he says this, Verse number 9 of chapter 2, he says, But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pray what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Now get this. Why in the world would Jonah praise the Lord in the stomach of the fish? Can I shout a little bit? Can I tell you the revelation that I got? Is this all right? Why could you praise God in the belly of a fish. That don't make sense. Because you know what Jonah was saying? The fish was sent to deliver me and not hurt me. Because if the fish didn't swallow me, I would have drowned it in the water. So the fish was actually God's preparation to save me and not destroy me. 
I would have drowned it in the water if it wasn't for the fish. And the reason I could praise God in the belly of the fish is because now I view the fish not as something to destroy me, but I view the fish as something that really protected me from drowning in the water. Can I hear an amen? He said, that's why I can praise God. That's why I can lift up my voice to God because the fish actually saved my life. Listen, sometimes God will deliver you through the thing which hurts you. He delivers you through the thing which hurts you. (laughs) The fish saved him from drowning. You know what happens? Jonah, the Bible says, now get this. Are y'all ready for this? Everybody give me a high five. Are y'all ready? Say, I'm ready, Pastor. Come on, don't act like you're on a respirator. Say, I'm ready. Come on, I like life. Say, I'm ready. Get this. Now, everybody look at the board. Get this. He says, I will sacrifice to the Lord my God with a voice of thanksgiving. So he's praising God, okay? He realizes the fish saved his life. The fish saved my life. I would have drowned it. I will sacrifice the Lord with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what the Lord has vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Verse number 10, So the Lord spoke to the fish. I'm going to say that again. And the Lord spoke to the fish. Do you see the comparison here? I just wish somebody would help me out. Verse number 9, He said, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sacrifice to you. And then verse number 10, the Lord spoke to the fish. I'm going to say it again. Verse number 9, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sacrifice to you. I'm going to worship you. Verse number 10, the Lord spoke to the fish. Verse number 9, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you honor. I'm going to give you praise. And verse number 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish. I don't know about you, but God's getting ready to give somebody a verse 10 blessing. I will sacrifice, I will praise, I will worship, and the Lord spoke to the fish. Why can we praise God when we seem like we are stuck in the belly of the fish? We don't praise God for the struggle, but we praise God because we know He's able to deliver us from it. So, He said, I'll praise Him, salvation belongs to you, and the Lord spoke to to the fish. He realized the fish was given for his protection and not for his destruction. The Lord spoke to the fish. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second Somebody say amen. Now, chapter 3, verse number 1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I'm going to say it one more time. Chapter 3, verse 1, and the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Do you see the progression here? He began to praise. Why was he praising? Because he knows the fish was sent for his deliverance, not for his destruction. The Lord delivered him from the fish. He was vomited up on dry ground. The Lord sent his deliverance. And then not only did the Lord deliver him, but the Lord gave him a new word. Gave him a word. 
What was the word? Verse number 3, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It's interesting to me that God was going to destroy Nineveh. And at the end of the story, God never destroyed Nineveh at all. Because these people repented. These people repented and came to God. And because of that, the hand of judgment was spared against the people of God. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Number one, that when you begin to confess, it starts the redemptive work of God in your life. When you say, I've done wrong, that's when God begins to work. Number two, when you begin to pray, it changes the position of where you're at and it changes the position of your struggle. The same struggle that you think is strong, prayer weakens the struggle. Not only do you see confession starts the redemptive work of God, prayer changes the position of you and it changes the position of the struggle, but also we see that praise. We don't praise God because of the bad things that happen to you. We praise God that God delivers us and sometimes He delivers us through methods that hurts us. Sometimes God delivers us through things which may hurt us, but yet it's for our protection. God delivered him and set him free. And the city of Nineveh was spared because he obeyed the word of the Lord a second time, another chance. So what can we learn tonight? We learned that the, the book of Jonah is a narrative about how God can give us another chance. It teaches us that when we begin to confess that we've done the wrong, whatever that may be, it starts the work of God in our life. It teaches us that prayer changes our position and it changes the position of the struggle that we find ourselves in. And it also teaches us that there's power in praise. That when we praise God, when we magnify Him, when we make Him bigger than the situation that we find ourselves in, then God will speak to the situation and the situation will deliver us the fish will deliver us on the dry ground. We begin to praise God. Amen. Did you enjoy the Word tonight?